Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1235, January 30, 2024. 48 degrees was the record high on this day on two occasions, 1879 and 1989. And it was 30 below on this day in 1887. Boom. Hail the flashlight, King. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. May I just say from the get-go that I had a a pang of uh, concern for a guy named Terry Martin. He's a mobster. Okay. And he appeared in court in Duluth yesterday charged with stealing the ruby slippers ah. worn by Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. Apparently he's been living in Grand Rapids. I think there's a Judy Garland museum there and... Yeah, and uh, it, and he's going to die shortly. He's nearing the end. He he was on oxygen the whole time he was in court, and the judge was rather kind to him. Patrick Schultz uh, basically sent him back to his nursing home to to wait out his time. And I I just had this cartoon bubble of guys calling each other in restaurants out in New Jersey, <laughs> saying, "Did you see what happened to Martin?" <laughs> The poor bastard, he, he broke into the museum, he took the slippers, he thought it was rubies. Thought he was going to get rich. It's all they were were dime store sequins on them. You could do, just shoe. from looking at them, yeah. before you take the hammer to the glass, you yeah. go, I don't think those are real rubies. You know, and the but, guy's been living a quiet life, he's trying to put the mob life behind him, but he wanted to go out with one <laughs> last flourish. Aren't they still worth millions? Well, they're worth just some because, money, sure. Because but, of what they are? Yeah, but this what poor kinda? guy, he went on the ruby angle. Are you telling me we've got mobsters in Grand Rapids? Well, he's retired. He's a retired mobster. <laughs> not active. Who the hell not moves? active. Aren't you right. supposed to move to Miami? Well, you would think so. Or, he, he's uh, been what living, do they say in uh, uh, Sopranos Boca? He's Boca. been living. He's been other, other than some alcohol-related infractions. He's lived a crime-free life in rural Grand Rapids for more than a decade. He's on home hospice care, got to take a lot of medication. God bless him. He's going to die. What He's, is a mob crime in Grand Rapids? This. Maybe buying up all the town ball tickets and uh, selling them off no, at no, a profit? No, no, he set well, the bar, uh, taking slippers that you think are full of rubies, <laughs> only they're sequins. So, it's like a comedic version of Fargo. Godspeed to you, uh, Mr. Martin. I hope I'm not being too kind to a guy who, well, you know what? He must not have any murders in his past. Or he Don Knotts would yeah, have played him in a out. movie. Right. You know, who's going? So who's I scow? hope he has a peaceful So a peaceful there's an there. example of a judge actually showing some decency. Well, what are you going to do? I right. mean, you know, there's... Mary would have locked his ass up. No, he's white. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah Mary would have locked his ass up. <laughs> His last ape. <laughs> he would have okay. locked his ass up. Did you try stealing you're, slippers? You're not driving today, are you? <laughs> you know what, Joe? I didn't want to bring it up, but earlier uh, when we were talking about the Trump estate, you yeah. said Lara Mago. 
It's Mar-a-Lago. So maybe today you have a... Is today Listexic Day? mar or where all Republican genitals are on display in a glass case right when you enter. And the people that rent the place for weddings and, and reunions, they, they walk by them and they, you know, Amber's sure. name is on there and, is and the, uh, everybody's name is, is on the there. Is the faint smell of formaldehyde Yeah, present? they're all in a jar. Uh, in there, but they're they're in a locked glass case <laughs> in Larimago. Gold, gold case. And then at the bottom, there's a sign that said, "This used to be one hell of a country." <laughs> uh, I, I, we had Reverend Tim with us Friday, and he he uh, stirred up quite a bit of uh, response. And I uh, I boiled it down yesterday. I do want to read the Gumption County deputy's response. I find him a. Uh, a really important correspondent from those who protect and serve. Sure. Well, uh, who was, didn't you read that yesterday? No, who I did you not. read yesterday? I just, I boiled down all of them yesterday to the, the one point they all shared, which was Tim is desperate for Republicans to, uh, to have a hand in some reform here. I and we had you. to point out to him that there aren't any. All right. All right. And I can link this to something else. So I very smoothly and professionally, I'm going to go from, uh, that almost sounded like Trump, didn't it? We'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to something else here. Uh, but uh, the Gumption County writes, I just wanted to follow up on Reverend Tim's visit. While I respect the Reverend and his hard work, I found myself at odds with a number of his positions. The Reverend said he could guarantee there is not a cop out there who does not expect to have a problem with a black driver. That is simply not true. I, for one, don't. Nor do I know anyone else starting out their stops with that presumption. Every person we encounter is someone's family member, friend, and neighbor, and they deserve us to be and they deserve to be treated as such. His statements that black people are in the crosshairs of the police and we are looking to rile up black men to have an excuse to use batons on them are beyond disheartening to hear. During every interaction, we try to treat people in the same manner we would want a member of our family to be treated by the police. Even a person who is obstinate is still going to receive professional treatment regardless of their race. The person is a human being and deserves humane treatment. But boy, my life would be so much easier if at the first indication of pushback, I could just get in my squad and leave. One thing I'd, I would also like to point out is that most of the people we have problems with are in fact white. This is Minnesota. The overwhelming majority of the population is white, so that should go without saying. And if you've seen on social media videos of the horrible treatment that cops get from from everybody, yep. but white women uh, strike me as being particularly yep. obnoxious. Yep. Uh, where was I? Reverend Tim mentioned that Republicans and the police must come to the table and first admit that police brutality is a problem. Joe, how can we admit to a problem that is nearly non-existent? The DOJ stats I referred to last week regarding less than 20 instances of police misconduct by the Minneapolis Police Department out of over a million calls for service covered the time 2016 to 2022. Nationwide, there are more than 60 million police contacts annually. How many police brutality cases out of those 60-plus million contacts last year can you name off the top of your head? How many can you tell me have occurred in Minnesota since the first of the year? The good reverend said that we should be allowed to taser people who are uncooperative. 
Well, what he might not be aware of is how we must follow a use of force continuum. That means we can only use force proportional to the resistance we are receiving. In the case of Ricky Cobb, he was only verbally resisting up until the time he put his car in gear. That is why the troopers were trying to talk him out of the car. At some point, the need may arise to put your hands on a person who refuses multiple verbal commands. If they choose to become physically resistant or outright combative, then the taser is an option. Related to suggesting the cops be able to use a taser on someone verbally resistant was his, his comment expressing disdain for police using rubber bullets on the black community and media. Rubber bullets were used during the riots in response to people throwing rocks, bricks, and cinder blocks at the police. Not because they were black. Prior to the rubber bullets being used, the rioters were also given multiple directives to leave the area. While I disagree with Tim, I must repeat, I do respect him as good work and his opinions. Pushing back at all, pushing back in the name of all that is good, signed the Gumption County Deputy. I just wanted to get that out there because I think the deputy is more correct than cops are given credit for. And that dovetails. What's your problem? Nothing. Dovetails? Fitting with the theme today, yes. Well, you know what? So I've got a few words wrong. (laughs) That's like a dove's tail. Most words have meaning. Right. It dovetails. Yes. Were you administered medication at your dental appointment this morning? <laughs> Not a bit. Just the cleaning. You know, there must be a hell of a turnover in dental hygiene. I was just thinking that this morning. Yeah. Boy, you've got your finger on the pulse, man. Because every time I go to my dentist, the dentist is the same, but the, the hygienist is a new one. I see. Maybe it's you. No. Oh. The Gumption County deputies uh, emailed dovetails nicely into what we discovered last night. If you happen to watch the five eyewitness news, mm-hmm. I, I did. And they had an interview with the fellow who is taking credit for creating that ridiculous sled in Powderhorn Park over the weekend. Apparently they have some sort of artistic sled fest. Right. And it was, uh, he, he created a... a a ding-ding wagon with a cardboard building on it and some ding-ding flames drawn on cardboard sticking out of the top of it. And it was the third precinct on fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, the crowd that he was playing to uh, apparently thought that was funny. And Well, to Channel 5's credit, they found whoever was responsible for that uh, nonsense. And let me see if I can find who his name. It was. It's called the Art Sled Rally uh, in Powderhorn Park. And uh, let me see if I can find the guy's name. It's funny, you know, we made the thing into a sled. On the other hand, I think there's a real sense that it is something to be celebrated, said Andy Cook, K-O-C-H, Koch. Koch, uh, they pronounced it Koch on the report. Andy Koch, the creator of the sled. It's a moment when the tables were turned. Well, okay. Koch explains that the burning of the precinct was a little piece of justice against a system that regularly kills unarmed black people. Well, Koch is lying. Uh, We don't know. It's a lie. He was probably in his mid to late 20s, and he just seemed like... 
Oh, you saw it. Yeah, I saw yeah. the video. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like he didn't. Not a bright guy uh, to come up with these conclusions. He's parroting all of the nonsense right. of the Mysterian left. And uh, he, he uh, I will hand him this. He s- stood there and admitted that I'm responsible for this. And I think the burning of the precinct is to be celebrated. Best of luck to him in the next traffic stop. And then he went on with this quote, during the uprising, the police building where the murderer was from happened to catch on fire. And I think that was a good thing, said Koch. Okay, and then Koch's sled was responded to by Chief Brian O'Hara and, and others who thought it was appalling. And it is appalling. But, but what's really appalling is that this fellow is just flat out a liar. There is no... Uh, re- he, he's complaining about a system that regularly kills unarmed black people. That's not happening. No. You're lying, kid, and you're a liar. So when I you d- lie, I, you get to be called a liar. I don't think he is a liar, but I think he's stupid. Well, <laughs> because he's a stupid well, he, he probably actually believes that. So I think in his mind, yeah. he's not lying. He's My perspective was a little informed. different. Yeah, a, a little different from yours, Joe. I, I, I think I'm on the bus there with John. But isn't when I a- saw the image, it, it upset me. And when I saw people cheering and laughing, that also upset me. And then when the poor kid was interviewed, uh, I said, oh, oh, okay. All right. I, th- this poor guy's he's, it's like being mad at Gr- Greta Thunberg. He's just, he's either been huffing exhaust or paint, or he maybe he was just born a complete bleeping idiot. I don't know what his deal is, but he's not right in the head. And to get mad at somebody like that, you know, it's like getting mad at Rain Man. You can't get mad at Rain Man. Well, you're, he's just you're, an idiot. Yeah. He's just a, your, your reaction yeah. is certainly different than mine. He's uh, just a dummy, and, you know, it's possibly uh, a product of the failed academy. We the don't pig know. Thing, I wanted, the the, the pig, pig thing went too far, though, Kenny. Yeah, there's a pigs on there, but again, he's an idiot, and I want to disagree with Chris, who said, good luck on your next traffic stop. I was more concerned to the fact that, you know, this isn't going to stop him from getting carjacked or getting the S kicked out of him or his wallet or his cell phone uh, lifted and him left bleeding in in an alley. And I wonder if that would change him or if he's just so incredibly stupid that that wouldn't change him at all. I just... Well, I, I'm just alert to uh, I'm just I, alert to such extraordinary uh, public lying. Now, yeah, well, you, he he you might know. believe that, but to think that black people are regular, it's just it's it's See, just, it's not true. Joe, I think he's the kind of guy that has somebody that helps him wipe. That's what I'm saying. Right. Okay, yeah, he, he's not. He can't. He's not. No. Well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's don't let guys like that get you down. He, he's just—he's not. No, what gets me down is the—is the—is uh, the perception that is allowed to float around out there in public, and it's so—it's so damaging and so insidious that it's—it's it's preventing us from from getting anywhere. 
which is preventing us from getting anywhere. Who I feel, yeah, I feel for the good citizens of Minneapolis and St. Paul that have to live with this kind of attitude. These are the voters that voted in Mary. They voted in Ilhan. They do think that all cops are evil and killers and do daily evil things. And well, I feel did, sorry for you folks. But you saw the film of this moron sled being towed down the the yeah, park. I did. Well, the crowd enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. these are, you know, as, yeah. as I said yesterday, maybe it's no wonder at all why we have the uh, yeah. people those, elected that we have. Those are your voters. Yep. It's just it's just no wonder at all. Yep. I got a note from uh, Scott from Inver Grove, who, uh, curiously enough, has a connection to this terrible triple homicide in Coon Rapids the other night. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the uh, a woman died, her son died, and her husband. This was late, I think it was Friday or Saturday, in Coon Friday. Rapids. They were killed at home. And the murder's been tied to illicit drug dealing by one of the victims, and a demand for money by the gunman. Is this the guy that poses the UPS driver? Am I yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Alonzo P. Mingo of Fridley was charged Monday afternoon with... Boy, it didn't take the coppers long to find this guy, no. did it? Alonzo P. Mingo of Fridley was charged Monday afternoon with three counts of second-degree intentional murder in connection with the killings that occurred midday Friday at a house in the 200 block of 94th Avenue, according to the Anoka County Sheriff's Office. Will that come under a more realities preview or purview, or will that remain in Anoka County? That's Anoka County. Sounds pretty yeah. normal. Yeah. Mingo remains in jail in lieu of $5 million bail. He appeared... Uh, now, if he goes over there and he's, he's demanding money... And the money's not to be had, so he starts shooting people, uh, including, or not including, but there were present at the time, two children younger than five. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. And he did not shoot them. But you can, you can reasonably conclude that this idiot has a long criminal record. Safe this couldn't be his first rodeo to go out of a house and kill three people. Right. Doesn't start that way. No. The three victims were identified by the sheriff's office as 42-year-old Shannon Youngworth, her son, 20-year-old Jorge Reyes Youngworth, and her husband, 39-year-old Mario A. Trejo Estrada. And that's where the email from Scott from Inver Grove weighs in. Uh, as I suspected, her husband was involved with trafficking drugs, and this was no routine home invasion. The thugs came looking for money and didn't care who died while on their quest. The 20-year-old son, who I believe was not involved with the illegal activities, had the misfortune of being texted by his employer to stay home that day for lack of work as a landscape helper. Oh. Man. The CP, his uh, meaning Scott CP, actually taught this young man as a student in sixth grade. She said he was a delightful kid, and she was heartbroken to hear this news. Uh, and also, he said he was his daughter alerted him to the death of this woman, and he has been acquainted with them for over 15 years. She worked for many years at a local e eatery that is known for serving complimentary white, not yellow, popcorn to its patrons. I don't know what that means. There must be some popular spot in town where the popcorn is known to be white. And anyway, that's where the dead woman worked. 
And it uh, turns out we have listeners who can uh, wow. pinpoint an identity with this, with this family. Uh, the kid, the 20-year-old kid, he gets a text, don't show up for work today, so he stays home. Isn't that a shame? Well, the whole thing's the whole a thing shame. Is. The whole thing is, is pathetic. It's senseless. Absolutely senseless. They all are. And uh, chances are this guy could, might as well have been in jail, but was not. Was not. These people like this that commit these crimes really think that they're, they're not going to be caught? Uh, you know what? They're they're just the they're just really really stupid people, just as dumb as can possibly be. They're the kind of people that make cardboard third precincts. Yeah, with, exactly. They're just skid them down a hill with no snow. They just the, don't see the big picture. And what was they the financial to, gain out of this? Uh, in this case, it was zero, which is why he shot. Apparently, his wow. his money was not available to him. Wow. Wow. My garage door guy is the whole family, Minnesota family-owned business and veteran-owned. Precision garage door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. They don't charge more for weekend visits. They're growing, by the way. Their popularity is incredible. They they need new members for their team, and they pay well. They have great benefits, and the people love working there. They're an equal opportunity employer. You can get trained on the job by people who care. And uh, I would I would keep this in mind if you're looking for a gig. This is these people are running a real nice operation. When they show up, they got everything you need in the truck. They don't yeah. have to run back to the shop. Come on, I don't like time. the return to the shop part. Let's get her done right now, and they'll do everything, including a new door. Now that wouldn't they don't carry doors around in the truck. No, they, you'd probably order that. You want to you want to think about the door? But they got the measuring tape to. Measure they got it a measuring out. tape. Rook, thank you. The door to you. That's good, and the door will Spring. come to you. And uh, it's Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. Uh, Call them. Put this in your contacts. 612-263-6985. Or go online, learn more, and make your appointment at PrecisionDoorMN.com. You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times. And that's why you need the best and also somebody that you can trust. And that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts. And he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. The warm-up continues this winter with our spring-like weather, but before you know it, it is going to be spring. So why don't you... 
Do that spring cleaning. Let Zero Res come in and clean those carpets that you have. They are professional. They have 17,000 reviews on Google, a 4.9 rating, which is really good. And it's all backed up with the Zero Res. Gotta love it guarantee. They stand behind every cleaning. How do I know? Because I've been a customer of Zero Res for a long time. When they started here in Minnesota, Garage Logic is one of the first ads that they bought because they knew GLers need to get their carpets clean and are full of common sense. So is Zero Res. Call today for the Zero Res Rook Special. Three rooms zero resified starting at just $119. And don't forget the dirt and dander hiding in your air ducts. This month takes 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts zero res clean. The number, 952-0-RES, Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, or go online, zeroresminnesota.com, and let them know. you got to tell them the Rook special. Spelled forward or backward, it's spelled the same. That's why it's so easy to remember, zero res. Uh, still not a word in the conventional from the conventional news-gathering voices about Ilhan Omar's unusual <gasps> remarks. No! Uh, Bill Glahn has an interesting piece in the center of the American experiment, and he did some homework, and he did a deep dive into the history of Somalia and the, the land problems that she might have been referring to, and uh, uh, he said for conservatives, I guess he means people who really care, uh, the trouble starts at the one-minute mark of the uh, audio that we heard. Uh, here, Omar appears to frame her role as advocating for the federal Somali government and Somali diaspora to the U.S. government. At the 119 mark, the translation reads, The U.S. is a country where one of your daughters, myself, is in Congress to represent your interest. In this context, your appears to refer to her immediate audience of Somali immigrants rather than the representation of the larger interests of Minnesota, the 5th District, or Minneapolis. Later, she adds at the 135 mark, sleep in comfort, knowing that I am here to protect the interests of Somalia from inside the U.S. system. All right. At 242, she issues a call for Somalia for Somalis only. It only gets better. Here is the translation of, of her remarks from beginning at the 253 mark. Ethiopia and Kenya have stolen and continue to occupy the Somali region state, which belongs to Somalia. We will liberate the occupied territory stolen from Somalia, Djibouti, Somaliland, and the northeastern province in Kenya that belong to greater Somalia. All right. As of now, the tweet... Uh, that we get this audio from has received almost 6 million views. But Glahn notes it could be a tempest in a teacup. Omar herself points to a different translation of her remarks embedded in this Twitter post. The rendition is not synced to the video and omits the verbatim transcription of her stumbles and asides. This alternative summary offers a softer tone, but is entirely consistent with the content shown above. As of now, the only legacy media outlet to cover the controversy has been Newsweek. It's been mentioned by the national conservative outlet Washington Times. Of course, the New York Post and the UK Daily Mail have covered this, but nothing so far in local media. Alpha News reports that her fellow congressman Tom Emmer who represents Minnesota's 6th district has called on her has called for her resignation based on the latest incident 
A full video of the Saturday event can be found here on Facebook without an English translation. Omar's appearance is shown near the end of the video at the 2 hour and 15 minute mark. By the way, Ilhan Omar married her brother. I have the assembled proof here. And this is why, GLers, you might want to go to the American Experiment website every day uh, to get interesting information. Now, the papers have nothing about Omar and have never, I don't think they've ever, uh, are going to go out of their way to. But what we do know today, particularly in the Minneapolis paper, I didn't see it in St. Paul, we discover that... uh, the old Winter Carnival treasure hunt's in a heap of trouble. Uh-oh. We got that story. Yeah, they uh, they hid the treasure on Native American uh, sacred land. <laughs> they. Good one, Joe. They being the Pioneer Press. I don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Members of a Native American nonprofit in St. Paul say they feel disrespected by the city's daily newspaper, meaning the Pioneer Press for hiding its annual treasure up medallion in a nature sanctuary east of downtown that the group manages and considers sacred land. Uh, I drove, I drive by it frequently. That's news to me. But I, I hate to make the comparison, but it's like basically digging around in a church, said Jenna Gray Eagle, an environmental justice and stewardship programs manager for the nonprofit Wakan Tipi. Awanya copy. Awanyan Awanyan copy. It's strictly just disrespect. All right. The, I got news for you. Uh, the Pioneer Press would not have set out to be disrespectful. No. <clears throat> Are we talking about the uh, Indian Mounds Regional Park? That uh... no. What you'd see if you stood atop the Indian Mounds and looked below you, right damn near Shepherd Road. Oh, down below. Mm-hmm. Mounds Park. No, it's no? not Mounds Park. It's All the right. Bruce Vento Gateway. Nature Sanctuary Trail uh, Miracle Road Butterfly oh. Place. Okay, I got gotcha. you. The Pioneer Press has held its annual treasure hunt since 1952, <clears throat> connected to the city's long-standing winter carnival. Organizers select a park and hide the medallion, typically burying it in the snow. This year they hid the medallion in Bruce Vento Nature Sanctuary, which contains Wakan Tippy Cave. Hmm. Lori Swanson, I know Lori, a marketing consultant who directs the treasure hunt, said uh, that that sanctuary will be off limits for future hunts. So the Pioneer, Lesson Pre- learned. The Pioneer Press is feeling properly admonished. We respect history, culture, and everybody who cares about it, and we take concerns about the Pioneer Press. Treasure Hunt seriously, Swanson said. Mike Burbach, the editor, declined to comment. All right. Andy Rodriguez, St. Paul's Parks and Rec Director, said in a statement that the location picked for the medallion to be hidden is not in alignment with our valued partnership with the Walken Teepee. Yes? Follow along with me, will you? I'm not, I'm not done with this story. I hope you're. I hope you're on topic. I am, yeah. but I'll wait till you're done. Then All right. I'll wait till you're done. Uh, so uh, Rodriguez, the Parks and Rec guy, said while the Parks Department is supporting, uh, is supportive of the annual event, the city is not told of the medallion location in advance. The cave's name, Wakan Tippi, means dwelling place of the sacred. It sits below a number of Dakota ancestral 
burial mounds on a bluff. <clears throat> Two brothers found the medallion midday Saturday encased in a clear plastic pyramid inside a small plastic box. This is the first time the medallion has been hidden at uh, Bruce Vento. The sanctuary is named in honor of a former St. Paul congressman. The medallion was not located next to the sacred cave, which is gated off. But Gray Eagle and others said it was still disrespectful. <laughs> Just because they started calling it a park and treating it as a park, people don't realize this is a resting place for people it's... and should be treated with respect, said Strong Buffalo, <clears throat> who runs the indigenous nonprofit Oyate Hotanin. Okay, but is it marked? I'm all for Native American sacred ground because yeah, of my it, wife's history, but it, if it's it not marked and... It is, Matthew, and I, I'm pretty much right on par with you. I am usually end up on the side of the natives, but in this case, uh, you're surrounded by railroad tracks, a dirty river and with weeds. a noisy airport, a power plant, uh, freeways, Kellogg Boulevard, railroad tracks. It's in the heart of downtown St. Paul. Gabby Minoman, Gabby Minoman, the restoration manager for Walk on Teepee, uh, Juan Yan Copy said it was really disappointing when she found out about the sanctuary selection for the treasure hunt. It really came as a surprise, she said. Manoman was also critical of the selection from an environmental standpoint, noting that the nonprofit has been working on habitat restorations there. Oh, in, B in, as in B in, S. In it's weeds. It's right in the city. It's in the city. May I? In the city. Yes, you in the back. Will you all please put your tinfoil hats on and join me, shall you? Um, Mr. Cynical? You Mr. Cynical? Well, you mentioned yesterday how the current mayor and administration in your fine city is against what? Tradition? Well, I, that seems to be the ideological direction would be that they don't embrace what has been the conventional traditions of the city. Would an activist just like this, who happened to find all this information, would she have been probably aligned with that administration. Do you think this is an attempt by them to say, hey, look, at they, they hit it over here. This is a way we can get rid of this entire nonsense altogether. No. Really? I don't believe that. All right. I believe that the paper had no bleeping clue. Of course they didn't. That Tippy Cave was a big deal, uh, even though it's not near the cave. Uh, so they hit it down there and... And I, I just, so they're looking for a reason to be offended. The natives in this case uh, somehow uh, have decided to be upset uh, at the treasure hunt's location. I don't think it has anything to do with the with the mayor. Okay, but wouldn't they be happier getting rid of the carnival, the the medallion, all that stuff altogether? Well, they the the. The medallion hunt that could happen without a carnival. That's that's uh, uh, that's proprietary of the St. Paul newspaper. It has nothing to do with the carnival. That's true. That's true. And Am I being stupid if I suggest to the natives to get involved civically and take pride that it was found there and use this opportunity to educate people on where it was found and why this little piece of property is awesome? And how they're pleased that they're involved with the city. Let me know who Gray Eagle is or whoever is buried there. Who are you? Well, no, the woman's name, the woman complaining is named Jenna Gray Eagle. Okay. Why not use the I, opportunity to educate everybody? Because yeah. that would and, involve work. 
and have fun with the thing. And uh, that would involve having to work. I don't think. I think this is a tempest in a teapot. I don't think. I don't think much will come of this. The St. Paul Pioneer Press uh, has been admonished. They're staring at their shoes. They go to the box and feel shame. They shaved. go into the box and feel shame. Then they set free, and next year it won't be anywhere near here. But you want to look at it this way. Yeah. Where in the hell could you hide this well, thing yeah. that wasn't Native American it's land? It's going to be in a Cub Foods parking lot. I mean, that was a, that was a, we, we had our tents there. I mean, that was a big, you know. Well, I mean, when you put it that way, Joe, you're right. You go over to Europe somewhere yeah. because the entire United, United States, from sea to shining sea, sea hey. you know. Native land. Let's take a break before I say something that she to sign a shining she, she that might get us. Uh, she no, I'm not even going to say anything to get us in trouble shall, at all. She shall. I'm just going to take you to the break. I, I wish you would. <laughs> is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Here's the screaming headline on SeafoamWorks.com. Deep creep plus heat for the most stubborn bolts. Here's the scenario. A nut well rusted onto a bolt. You you just know something's going to snap if you start cranking on it. Uh, but if you douse it with deep creep, then get out the propane torch, not the heavy duty acetylene torch. We don't want to, we don't want that. Just the propane torch. Heat it up, get it smoking really good. And then maybe douse it with sea foam again and do that whole process again. And then just start easing on that nut a little bit this way, a little bit that way. Maybe do the process again, douse it with deep creep hit it with a flame eventually that baby's going to work loose and you're going to be happy and if you don't believe me just go to seafoamworks.com it explains everything uh the number one thing yeah go ahead in the back there you 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 sir well i i'm not opposed to using the seafoam to 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 uh mitigate the, the rust the deep, i buy that the deep creep, uh, deep the deep creep. creep. yeah but yeah. what i'm i have a serious question is heating it does it heating expand things the, it's it's like you know these people in Minnesota that will sit in their sauna, yeah. and then rush outside and jump in the snowbank. Yeah, it's that. It it for it's some kind of weird magic, and I've been doing it for years. But I've always thought I don't want the roommate to see me doing this because this is dangerous. And actually, seafoamworks.com, they talk about it and the combination of the heat and then the seafoam deep creep. Works magic. And what you like about Deep Creep better than other brands is the Deep Creep is less flammable. It ain't going to explode on you. Yeah, and you've really got to be careful. Just because it's less flammable doesn't mean you, you know, consider your surroundings when you get out the torch. But uh, go to the Seafoam website, seafoamworks.com. Uh, it explains everything. Read up on the topic. Then get out there and work on those uh, rusted nuts and bolts of life. It's just a true miracle and another fine product from our local company with a global reach, Seafoam. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. This news update brought to you by North American Banking Company. Before we get to news, one sports note as the Twins trade their longest tenured player, Jorge Polanco, going to Seattle. In return, like the Twins... 
Uh, I like the trade, though. I'm sorry. I don't. The, uh, return the Twins get starting pitcher Anthony Diascalfani, uh, pretty good reliever in Justin Topa, the Mariners' number three rated prospect in outfielder Gabriel Gonzalez, and minor league pitcher Darren Bowen. I was uh, in communication with a fellow baseball fan, and he said, I wonder what they're going to do with the money they're saving on Polanco. And I responded with a rim shot mm-hmm. because they're, they're just trying to save money. Hmm. But I, I agree with John. I like the trade. Yeah, I, if, especially if Slafani goes back to where he used to be two years ago. He's had some arm injuries the last two years, but uh, he was really good for a so, while. Did the Minnesota Twins actually, did they call you and ask for your they um, did. approval? Both on John and trade? I, we met via the, <laughs> Wait, uh, oh, via yeah. the Zoom. Yeah. Make sure. Yep. Yeah, okay. He's the yeah. longest tenured twin. Yep. That's true. Signed as a 16-year-old. Yeah. And he's now 30. Yep. Do the I math. think he's a hell of a player. How many years was he with the club then? I don't know. Well, what a heartbreaking 16, divorce. 30. Did he see this 14. divorce coming? Did he know yeah, the twins were cheating on him? The, well, you knew Kepler or him was gone. If not both. Who knows Kepler money. Money. Is Kepler gone money. already? No, no, no. Not yet. They both. Uh, yeah, not yet. <laughs> like Chris said. Yeah, boy, that would be the most controversial story I read the whole newscast, probably. Uh, in the news, city of Minneapolis clearing an encampment in South Minneapolis this morning. That encampment, you might remember, was formed after a different encampment, uh, encampment known as Camp Nanukasi, was cleared earlier this month a few blocks north of the current location at 14th Avenue South and 26th Street East. City officials previously said the relocated camp location would be closed after a viral gastroenteritis outbreak associated with the camp sent one person to the hospital. Back in December, when the city set its first date to clear the original site, officials cited the potential for an outbreak like that as the reason. Yes, sir. Are these camps being given native names because many of the residents of the camps are natives? Which would lead me to my second question. I don't mean it cynically. If you're going to have a camp, why not have a nice one? Why I, not go well, to the okay. Bruce Vento area No, where there's plenty of open land? Here's the question, Joe, and I agree with you. How many billions did the Minnesota government have that they squandered away? Eighteen. They could have solved this issue in all of Minnesota mm-hmm. with just a sliver of that 18, but they chose not to. Oh, by doing what? Building dorms or? Doing whatever it takes. Yeah. You yourself had an idea that yeah. wasn't scoff-worthy. Right. I mean, it was a big dream, but anything. Um, I just looked up gastro... The thing John just mentioned that doesn't yeah, seem like a pleasant experience amongst no. the homeless camp. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. what's the illness? Gastroenteritis. How do you speak? In other words, a like bowel problem, the flu, yeah. explosive, but uh, camp wide. Exactly. But no they, I, I'm not being facetious. Here's all this land. You're suddenly telling me how sacred it is and how important it is. Then why don't we get people uh, to? Uh, live there uh, if they money are and land that. we have it well they we need access it. to get supplies there's i mean well that, there'd be just as much access there as in the middle of a neighborhood i i'm not i'm not disagreeing but also they won't go into conventional programs because some of them are still using mm-hmm. and don't want to stop using some how about all well that that could be the case but i'm not 100 percent sure 
Uh, the story you talked about earlier, Joe, we now have more information about that triple murder in Coon Rapids. 37-year-old Alonzo Pierre Mingo charged with three counts of second-degree murder yesterday. He was arrested Friday after dispatchers got an open-line call at about 12.25 in the afternoon. Nobody spoke on the 911 call, but dispatchers said they could hear sounds of a disturbance. Multiple agencies were sent to a home near Springbrook Drive and 94th Avenue Northwest. There they found three people dead, 42-year-old Shannon Patricia Youngworth, her husband, 39-year-old Mario Alberto Trejo Estrada, and her son, 20-year-old Jorge Alexander Reyes Youngworth. In addition to the deceased, police also found two young kids who were present at the time of the homicides. Law enforcement found a pole camera across the street from the home and also found surveillance cameras inside the house, according to court documents. Video cap Captured by the camera, the outside showed a blue Nissan Altima park in front of the house at 1220 and three people, two of whom were wearing clothes similar to UPS delivery drivers, getting out, going into the house, one carrying a cardboard box. All three left seven minutes later. Mingo was listed as the registered owner of the Nissan. He was stopped and arrested along 73rd Avenue near Baker Road, Northeast and Fridley at about 3.15 that afternoon. Authorities say they learned later he threw his cell phone out the car's window as he was being pulled over. The Star Tribune reporting a search warrant affidavit said the 39-year-old victim's death was tied to drug dealing. Search warrant alleges Mario Trejo Estrada was trafficking in cocaine, fentanyl, and methamphetamine, sending large amounts of money to several people in Mexico. A search of a storage locker belonging to Trejo Estrada found marijuana, meth, psychedelic mushrooms, and an unspecified white powder. As far as the other two men involved, nobody besides Mingo has yet been arrested or charged with the murders. No information on them. Okay, if you go there trying to collect some money and you shoot the guy who supposedly is supposed to have the money, then how are you supposed to ever get your money? You go back to the boss and say, he didn't pay me, but I took care of it. Mm -hmm. And then that is probably written off with the accountant. (laughs) Think so. Yeah. Um, you had wondered how, why they found him so quickly. If he had a UPS uniform, wouldn't that suggest he at one point was probably an employee? He, he was during the holiday season. He was employed there, but UPS said he was let go right after that. You know how they hire seasonally. Yep. So uh, I wonder if that's go. why they found yeah, him so plus quickly. they had video. They had his license plate. Got it. Okay. So all they had to do was, and he lived in Fridley, so he must have been around his home, 315, when they Is arrested him. Is that north him. of 10 or south of 10? Fridley? No, where this took place. Oh, uh, that would be south, right? I don't know. You're up there. I'm not. Yes, that'd be south, just Uh south. St. Paul Public Schools Superintendent Joe Gothard has been named as one of three finalists for the superintendent position at Madison Metropolitan School District in Wisconsin. Uh, Gothard has been superintendent here in St. Paul since 2017. And has accomplished nothing. But he was named the 2024 Minnesota right, Superintendent yeah. of the Big Year. Deal, I, have, I have deep thoughts for you on that, but go ahead, John. He's also one of four finalists for the AASA National Superintendent of the Year. Their club is identical to the third rail. It has nothing to do with anything except being in the club. Nothing. What's this better, guy, NFL coach or super club? The, the super club is just as good. The NFL club is a third rail. 
Well, plus you can. There's wins and losses. You're right. The Super yeah. Club <laughs> is just a complete absence of reality. It's a tie. This guy has no more <laughs> success here than he'll have in Madison. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah, you're right. Because what's important is to be a member of the club and put on a good show and have factotums follow you around with their little laptops pretending that they're actually accomplishing something. This guy could knock on every door in St. Paul and nobody know who the hell he was. But they're living the life of a disc jockey that has to move around the country. Oh, all these and gigs. every time they move, it's for a better bump. Can I give you a small ray of hope? Yeah. Concerning the St. Paul School District? Yeah. Uh, at, Benjamin, at, at a school, I don't want to mention it, at the school that my daughter teaches at, there's an after-school there's program. The word Benjamin is in it. I know, I know. Yeah. Do your research. Well, that Benjamin so, Button. Yes, Franklin. Benjamin Button. Uh, yeah. um, and there was a little bit of chaos uh, in the, uh, in the what would you call it, the uh, general area. And the, the kids were being loud and obnoxious. And my wife was there helping my daughter, but she, my daughter walked up to the group of kids and they immediately stood tall. And but she, your daughter's sane. She's not buying but the BS. My, my, that's what I'm saying. My point is, they don't, she doesn't suffer the fools. And those but, kids know it right. and they respect. And that's, I wish everybody did. That's all they have Matthew. to do. We're not surprised because that's been my reaction to your daughter since she was in junior high. <laughs> oh, that's true. I see her coming. I sh- shape up and I'm with act. you. I'm with Stop you. Stop acting the fool. But um, this guy I going do. to Madison is a joke, yeah. and for Madison, he'll go to Pittsburgh. I mean, they don't care. Right. They're just on that. They're just on that in that club. Meanwhile, the dollar sign keeps going up. Meantime, I think only one murder in St. Paul schools under his tenure. That was a stabbing at Harding last year. Uh, the reading, math, and other skills are zero. So uh, he's doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Super of the year. Nobody knows who he is. I do have uh, more local news. Uh, not. Uh, I'm going to take a break in just a minute, but I want this just breaking, and I know, Joe, you're interested in this because you've been talking a lot about him. Uh, we have had a concert announced for the State Fair. It is comedian Nate Bargatze. I'll be damned. On Saturday, August 24th, he'll be performing Tickets Go on Sale. Damn it. Friday. He'd be fun. He'd be fun. Oh, darn it. Is I, I, I wonder if there's any way we could get him in on a Friday. No, they oh. zip in. No, you try. Oh, we'll try. I, I know. But, but, the, I, but they, they always just come in on please, Saturday no, morning. No, 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 no. No, stop. Everybody stop. You do not get to be pissed off about the State Fair on January 30th. No. <laughs> You do not. No, like, no I just not? wish I had somebody to do some work. No, here's here's the wow. scenario, Joe. Though, imagine <laughs> Sorry, this. If, Chris. He, if he was at the State Fair on a Friday <laughs> and he walked right by our booth yeah. to go to go there, yeah. these two idiots couldn't book him. They right. couldn't drag him no. off the street and no. up onto the stage. No. Or or they'd drag him up on the stage. like you know. I'd have to know who he was to- first. A local band, and then Joe would just say, "Hey, see ya, see you later." Can I get you some water? Can I rub your back? Um, yeah. Can I pull up Chris, your socks for you? Yeah. Chris would genuflect and send and then him Joe on his way. Who the f are you? See ya. Why are you in my chair? Uh, two other uh, concert <laughs> announcements. Uh, Excel Energy I think Center I just ripped everybody. There. <laughs> we did. We got everybody in on that. Just, wow! I think you included yourself too. Somehow, no you guys hate me. Kenny got Rook and Chris. Then he got Joe. I yeah. got Joe, and then I got Chris, and then Kenny got Chris. So yeah, we. Uh, you want to take a shot at me? Dumbass, wise ass, stupid ass. <laughs> what are the other asses? Smart ass, uh, smart, smart ass, ass. Hat. smart ass. Joe is right? ass hat. Chris, 
Chris is jackass. Yeah. Matt is dumbass. John is wise ass. That's right. Wise Kenny, ass. That's what it is. Kenny is smart ass. That's right. Uh, two other concert announcements before we break. Excel uh, Energy Center, August 2nd. Barry Mandelow will make what probably will be his last stop in St. Paul. And uh, uh, on a completely I'm different I'm sure he's note, a monster, huh, John? I remember on the last time he was here, I got free tickets, and I was very excited and took my I wife. I remember that. Yeah. And we went, and during the third song, she looked over at me as I was singing the words, and she said, you know all of these songs? I'm like, I love Barry. Were she you was like shocked. That? Something similar. She was shocked that I enjoyed Matthew, Barry Manuel. If he came down off the stage and walked up to your wife and immediately started making out with her, what would your reaction I be? I would be flustered. I'd be honored. He's, uh, he's gay. He's <laughs> I gay think that would be very... I don't know if you're aware of that. Well, Rick may have been shocked okay. that you knew the words. The four of us were not. Oh, Let okay. me rephrase that for John's benefit. Okay. Matthew, if, if Billy he... came down off the stage and stuck his tongue down your throat, what would Mick's reaction be? She'd be thrilled. She'd be, she'd be happy. She'd say, you know what? You got it all for the night. That's it. You're done. You're done for the next week. I'm, I'm going right? yes. yes. to defend you a little bit, Rook. Thank you. There's about three or four of his songs I love. So Thank take you, John. That. Oh, Jesus. Take that, you bastard. Have you ever been to like Copacabana? The... Muskrat Love, that was him, right, John? That was that was America, who's a great band, actually. Mandy, I Made It Through the Rain, Kelt My it's a, Sep. It's Protected. a Miracle's a great song. Yes. Uh, I'm On Top of the uh, World, that was him, right? That's the Carpenters, also a fine band. Kenny. Why am I stuck with we, this? We could I, keep going if you'd like. What, what, I don't do enough for the yeah. church. No. I, I don't know. You know why don't we... Why don't we take a break and Something let Joe think wrong. about this? Joe, for a little I'm bit. here to do an ad. You're from Chris. And that's yeah. for North American Banking Company. They're my bank. They should become your bank. You see, when I North like banks. Do you like money? <laughs> I do. Okay. Well, when North American Banking Company first opened in 1998, they made a promise to deliver a better banking experience for their customers where you know your banker and they know you. And while a lot has changed since then, this commitment to being a true community bank in the Twin Cities, that has not. And they get it. They realize that there's no shortage of banking options here in the Twin Cities. So if you're tired of just being a number to your big national bank, then check out my friends at North American Banking Company. Six locations to serve you. Mine's in Roseville, but you can also see them at 50th and France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their new location in Maple Grove. They offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. So go to their website to learn more, nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com to learn more. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. (coughs) You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I, I have something I want to add about the Super. Uh, the St. Paul Super apparently might get a gig in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, you know what a Super should be? It occurs to me a good Super should be like the good manager of a restaurant. Uh, the the kind of guy who will clear a plate if it hasn't been sure. cleared. You know, fill in the a, gaps. A guy yeah. who uh, who is just part of the working crowd, and he'll he'll. 
pour you water if you're out of water. He's yep. the manager of the place. And he, he technically wouldn't have to do that, but he pitches in. Right. Wipe down a table. Yeah, because that's yeah. how you earn the respect staff. of your, yes. your, your working a good, peers. A good super right. should be out there maybe once in a while shoveling the sidewalk in front of the school or uh, attending a high school baseball game, not incognito, but no big deal. Just sitting there in the bleachers. Or umpiring. Or umpiring. Yeah. Anything. Yep. But none of these fruitcakes are that way. No. They're 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 exalted figures that with their syncophants surrounding them, and it's just pathetic. They make too much money. They don't accomplish anything, and they don't have to do anything. What a great gig! I'm outraged. I am flummoxed. <laughs> they're limousine liberals. Enough. That's what they are, Joe. Yeah. Being like news. a good restaurant manager, <laughs> front of the room guy. Front of the house. house. Of How the you house. doing? Hey. You ever worked in a restaurant, Joe? Uh, boy, I've had a lot of jobs. Let me think. Nope. Hmm. nope. Yep. I've oh, had yeah. uh, kids I used to have sure. have been in the industry. At the club bar when I was in high school on Thursday nights when it was a deep fried taco night. It's a long story? No. St. Clair and Cleveland, 3-2 joint. It's great burgers. St. Clair I was and the, Cleveland. Uh, it's where the uh, restaurant is. It used to be the club bar next to the barbers, next to Newton's That's Barbers. Randolph and Cleveland. Where that, that's Randolph, where the broiler me. is, the St. Clair. No, I know yeah. the guy who owned it. It was Randolph I know Cleveland. the guy who owned it. Oh. Yeah, well, a friend of mine. For three, a long tenure, three was weeks, that a mob joint, I was there Thursday night. And made tacos, and when I walked out of there, Mick was, we were dating, since she p- would pick me up, I was literally walking out of there shaking. Why? Because it was so stressful. Oh. It was like Lucy with the chocolate line coming, I couldn't keep up. Oh. And I don't think I ever got paid, so I'll tell you the guy, he owes me for three Thursday nights at Do the Do you club. remember the owner's <laughs> name? Was it John? Well, it would have been, bef- it would have been after my guy, probably. Oh, then no. My brother Paul would probably know. Yeah. I don't recall. Let's go here. Wait a minute. You had a ride home from your high school job from your girlfriend? Well, it would be on a Thursday night, so we might be going out somewhere. Did you oh, go boy. right from your mom's house to your girlfriend, your wife's house? I was never, there a gap where you lived alone? Uh, yes, there was for uh, a month because I moved in. <laughs> three weeks, I moved into the apartment before we got married. I went from Juno that Avenue explains a lot. to getting married. I never. <laughs> Have you ever home. done your own laundry? No, it's always done for me. John, you have to not sit there and just look. You Any other to, questions, I'm kind of fascinated by the conversation. Talk. I'm yeah. fascinated you, John. by the conversation. More about my life uh, later on in the I, town council. What I, I'm curious about is if Mick, you went right to Mick after you made tagas, didn't you kind of smell? I mean, didn't you, you know, have an odor? Or? She was into that. All right. Uh, let's has, go to news quickly. All the grease. Quickly. All the grease. And then. Matthew, has Mick picked out your second wife in the event of your uh, her untimely demise? Uh, yeah, that, but that's that's locked away in the firebox. So you don't she know. She has my it, instructions. Yeah. Here's yeah. what you do, and here's how you go. Uh, Me? Your second wife. In other news. Uh, there's a lot of local news. I'm going to stick with local for a while here. Uh, higher higher mortgage rates and a lack of house listings stifled buyers in the Twin Cities metro last year. That caused sales to fall to its lowest level in more than 20 years. Uh, still, though, with strong That's demand... That's good. With strong demand and too few options, sale prices managed to eke out a gain. 
as buyers battled for a dwindling number of properties. Amy Peterson's the president of the St. Paul Area Association of Realtors. She said we saw fewer listings and fewer sales and yet higher prices, surprisingly strong offers and relatively quick market times. Buyers closed on 44,310 houses, condominiums, and townhomes throughout the 16-county metro last year, down 17.6% from 2022. Median price of those sales, 368 grand, a 1.4% annual increase. Follow-up to a story from yesterday, Target and Cargill are pledging $10 bucks each over the next five years to Second Harvest Heartland's new Moonshot initiative to reduce hunger in Minnesota. We told you yesterday, uh, Second Harvest, Minnesota's largest food bank, announced its new Make Hunger History plan, aiming to cut the record $7.5 million food shelf visits, uh, $7.5 million, I'm sorry, food shelf visits in 2023 in half by 2030. The pledges from the Twin Cities-based companies are the first significant donations to the plan, which Second Harvest estimates will cost more than $150 million over the next six years in new staffing and programs. Is it just me, and I'm not trying to diminish Second Harvest Heartland or anybody else that's doing the Lord's work, but are we inundated with hunger-related ads and stories and things like that? It's all been taken care of with the food fraud. But but you see what I'm saying? It's it's almost like it's everywhere. That's it. That's right. A lot of food uh, demand. A lot of people like to eat. A lot of people eating. (laughs) Okay, thanks for that explanation, fellas. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Officials of Minneapolis say 63 cables have been cut or removed from EV hotspot chargers since the city started installing its public charging (laughs) spots. To get the copper, John? Some Well, some of the damaged and stolen cords have been replaced only to be hit again, according to city spokeswoman Sarah McKenzie. In St. Paul, about 20 chargers have been hit, according to Lisa Hebert, spokesperson with the city's public works department. Uh, now, uh, this is expensive. Minneapolis has replaced 46 vandalized cords at about 1000 bucks a pop. It can take a lot of time, too. Chargers can be down for extended periods of time. And if you're wondering, Joe... Uh, thieves who have been stealing copper wire used to power streetlights for years have seemingly turned their sights on EV charging stations, but there's not a lot of metal in them, according to Hebert. There's not a lot of metal in a streetlight. Yeah. Let's go yeah. here. Weld the little plate shut. Weld the access plate shut. That'll stop them. Well, it will. But what's wrong with you? What? Weld it shut. So then how are you going to service Cut it? Cut it and weld it use... shut again. Oh, Jesus, Joe. Bring Come a Sawzall with you. Come on, no, man. You know what that is? That's a Come kid, on, too, man. going after the, the Kia. You're Keith Ellison in that story. Ellison. Instead of going after the criminal. Oh, yeah, I yeah. am. You are. Uh, I take it all back. That's don't okay. weld it shut. There's a lot of contradictions on the show, I've noticed. I just don't bring them up. Oh, but there anyway, are that many, as far <laughs> as you know. <laughs> Moving right along, Crystal Gable said she was surprised on a recent Friday by a Google alert saying she was a candidate for president of the United States. Huh. A Colorado resident clicked on the alert and learned for the first time that her name had been placed on Minnesota's March 5th presidential primary ballot as a candidate for Minnesota's legal marijuana now party. She said in an email to the Star Tribune, I did not give consent to be on the Minnesota ballot. I was neither approached to run for office by anyone in the LMN Minnesota party, nor was this candidacy validated by the state of Minnesota. Watch her win. Do we still have a legal marijuana party? We certainly do, yes. Why? We have legal marijuana. Still got to fight for more rights to party. 
leaders of the party said in an email. <laughs> leaders of the party said in an email they'd been talking and posting about this in their leadership group on Facebook, and they said Crystal is part of that. Gable was involved in the Nebraska Legal Marijuana Now Party in 2015 and 16, but she said she was removed from the Facebook group in August of last year. Crystal is a party leader, read an email from the party. All indications were she was ready to be in the Minnesota primary. We thought this was all worked out, but by her request, her name has now been. Your redheads, your strippers, your girl's name, Crystal. That's right. Yep. <laughs> News from the Mideast. Israel launching an assault on Gaza's main northern city weeks after they pulled back from it, while Washington is vowing to take all necessary actions to defend troops after they suffered the first deadly strike in the Middle East since the Gaza war began. A day after those three U.S. servicemen in Jordan were killed, at least 34 wounded, in what Washington called a drone attack by Iranian-backed militants, President Biden's administration was under pressure to respond firmly without triggering a wider war. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said yesterday, the president and I will not tolerate attacks on U.S. forces. We'll take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and the troops. Iran has denied any role. Well, the president has previously ordered retaliatory attacks on Iranian-backed groups, but has so far stopped short of hitting Iran directly. An Iranian drug trafficker with ties to its spy agency has been charged here in the U.S. by the U.S. Department of Justice with hiring members of the Hells Angels group to carry out an assassination on American soil. DOJ unsealed the charges on Monday, alleging that Najee Sharifi Zandashti, along with two Canadian nationals identified as Hells Angels members, Damian Patrick John Ryan and Adam Richard Pearson, conspired to kill two people in Maryland. The three are said to have conspired uh, between December 2020 through March 2021. Uh, According to law enforcement agencies, the DOJ's indictment alleges, uh, DOJ, excuse me, that Zindachi hired the Angels to conduct the assassination in January of 2021. They agreed on a $350,000 payment. All three defendants, uh, defendants are charged with one count of conspiracy to use interstate commerce facilities in the commission of murder for hire. Missouri Democratic Representative Cori Bush is under investigation by the DOJ amid allegations she misused federal funds. Bush's office didn't respond to a request. ABC News previously reported that according to sources familiar with the matter, the DOJ uh, was looking at a Democrat in the House of Representatives for allegedly misusing government funds for personal security. Why do I keep saying DOG? I don't know. That smells dog. Because you like your dog. Dog. I, oh, I was just going to ask, did she use that for the security? Because remember, she's anti-cop. Right. She's anti-cop. As a matter of fact, Chris, yes. I don't think I got that far in the story, did I? Uh, personal security is what she was misusing yeah. funds God, for. What a Alleg- allegedly. Yeah. It's a wow. hell of a, allegedly. It's a hell of a club they got. John, wow. that's great. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank well, you very much. What, John, did you have the story? Which if one? You, if you had it, I didn't hear you say it. Uh, I'm fascinated by the fact that we have a, an employee of the United States Army. Uh, let me see if I can get your name here. Janet Yamanaka Mello uh, is accused of stealing $100 million from the Army. Oh. And she's going to retire with full benefits. So don't tell me it's not a good club to be in that political class third wow. rail. She established um, a shell company. Million? Yeah, she was accused of establishing a shell company, then funneling taxpayer money to it, which she spent on jewelry, clothing, vehicles, and real estate. Uh, 
according to a December 6th Department of Justice announcement. But limitations to a federal law allowed the alleged con woman to receive her full <laughs> civil service benefit package. Wow. The what command the has no authority to impact Ms. Mello's retirement. A spokesperson with the Army's Installation Management Command said in an email to the San Antonio, Texas Express News, in accordance with the 5th U.S. Code Section 8312, an individual may be denied an annuity or retired pay on the basis of the service of the individual if the individual is convicted of treason, rebellion, or insurrection, or other similar offenses. There is no similar statutory authority for denying retired pay based on conviction of other offenses. Well, that should be changed. They hope to reclaim uh, much of the money. She worked at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio as a civilian financial program manager. Unbleeping wow. believable. These people got it figured out, don't Will they? Will she get to go to Kenya to sell her island like we did with the food fraudsters? Hey, did that guy ever come back? I don't think so, Joe. They gave him a 30-day extension. He's got another family there. Maybe he's stuck yeah. with that one. Hey, it's my kid's birthday. Yeah. Which kid? Well, uh, all of them. Yeah, yeah. It's a, just amazing. She got a hundred mil, and she doesn't. She cannot be deprived of her retirement benefits. That's not a bad gig. That's a hell like of a gig. Isn't being it? in a union, almost. Huh? Wow, that is fantastic. Why don't, why don't we just take a little time out here, uh, Billy? Joe Suchere, the keeper of common sense. According, I'm going to listen every day. According to a site called uh, GreenBuildingElements.com. Yes, sir. Ford loses $36,000 on every F-150 Lightning they sell. They have fired 70% of their EV workers, and they're ramping up gas production. Wow. Gas uh, engine production. You said they lost 36 k on each vehicle? Mm-hmm. What were they selling them for? Uh, the controversial move comes amid rising concerns about the company's commitment to its EV endeavors as it simultaneously expands its internal combustion engine production. Okay, and uh, this this uh, site seems to want to get uh, want to get into it. The decision to eliminate two out of three production crews at its F-150 Lightning plant, affecting 1,400 workers, has raised eyebrows. This downsizing reflects a strategic shift away from EVs, signaling the company's intention to scale down production of the electric pickup, despite the. F-150 Lightning being hailed as America's best-selling EV pickup. Ford acknowledges losing money on each unit sold, estimating losses between thirty-four dollars to $36,000 per vehicle. And you can see this in a YouTube video uh, by the Electric Viking, uh, whatever that is. And they're they're. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. What what if they had stood up to the government in the first place? That's what they should have done. I'm seeing courtesy of Wolf Motors 
of 2023 Ford F-150 Lightning retails at 71.9. Wow. And they're still losing. And money. they're losing 36 per? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, it's the best-selling electric pickup. <laughs> What's that? Why is Kenny laughing? That's just so ridiculous. We just live in absolutely absurd times. Yep. Everything is effed. <laughs> I saw a pickup truck at the dentist today. That was the largest pickup truck I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was the dental hygienist. And was so that was an eighty was that an eighty thousand dollar pickup driven by a Republican that hates the Kansas City Chiefs? Must be, must be. God, some people are insane. Uh, one of the one of the finalist names for this name your plow nonsense. Oh yeah. my God, Barbie's dream plow. Somebody's having fun. That's got to win. That has to win. It's from the Minnesota Department of Transportation. That's a beauty. This uh, program is going to be canceled soon, I think. How stupid (laughs) are they? Barbie's dream plow. Because you know she ain't getting it from... Correct. (laughs) Ken. You know, wasn't it also... Wasn't it the number one story on StarTribune.com? What? This, naming the snowball. Another one, me. Yeah. another one is Dolly Plowton. Yeah. I like Taylor Drift. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Clark W. Blizzwald. I like that. It's just so us, isn't it, to name it a, really to is. Have a contest? Plowy McPlowface. Just so stupid. Well, the la- what was last year? Was after Plowy McPlowface. No, it was, wasn't it Blizzo? Oh yeah, and Blizzard. the fact that so many people are engaged in this it, it proves to you why Minnesota's in the it's pretty much over, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you people do up there? Well, we yeah, we name snowplows and name find off carjackers. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Oh, did you see? There's a new form of it's not necessarily carjacking. It's called slider crimes. Yeah. What is yeah. that? Um, so the wife pulls into a parking lot at Target. She's yep. not paying any attention to anything. Ew. Car pulls up behind her, stops. Guy gets out of the passenger seat, does the does the hiding walk up to the her passenger door, opens it, steals her stuff, gets back in the car and takes off. This is why I am oh. vehemently opposed to your car doing things that you're supposed to do, turning on the headlights, unlocking your door when you put it in park. Let me say something. That's exactly what the CP said when I warned her about this. She said, well, when I put it in park... The doors unlock automatically. Yeah, I said, well, then lock them again. Well, Joe, you're so you're so conditioned to it happening that you don't even hear it or notice yeah. it. So there you go, boom. You know what else I don't it's like? It's a boom when you when you're stopped at a stoplight. Yeah, I don't like that my engine kills. Though so there should be an override for that. I, I want I want to change that. You don't have you an know? override for that? Sure. Yeah, you do, and you don't it's, know where it it's is. Just, rookie. just a button, right? Yeah, it's it? a rookie. Yeah. What are you showing me? He's bringing a phone over 54th here. Fourth and Lindale. Oh, this is your guy. Yes, I saw this yesterday. Yeah, John from Minnesota Masonic. Right, right. He pulls up to the tank. Fifty fourth and Lindale. He pulls up to the gas station, gets out of his car. This is our Masonic guy. Uh, he's just he's okay. I'm going to describe it to you. He's getting out of his car. He's walking around to put gas in his car. Okay. And he's now at his gas tank. 
He's lifting the handle he's been off out of the, the car for five seconds. He's lifting the handle off the pump, and here comes a car. Screeches to a halt alongside his car. Guy gets out of the back seat, gets in his car, and drives the unsuspecting guy trying to fill up his tank, drives his car away. And he had the key fob on him. Was the car running? Had to be. Well, it had didn't to, be. Have to be running. No, it didn't. Well, how did he start he- it then? Well, if the key fob was within the vicinity... No, the key fob has to be in the driver's seat. Even if you're sitting in the passenger seat in the front seat. Isn't that what you people do? If he had the key fob, though, when it took off, wouldn't it go... Mine starts ringing or going... No, you guys, don't you always put your key fob in the cup holder? Mm -mm. It's always in my pocket. Mine's in my pocket. No, mine's on the seat. But I I, I would take it out if I was going to the gas station... I never do, but let that be a lesson to you. So here's what, happens with, here's what happens with my old man. Say we we sneak up to a pothole. It's duck hunting season. We're going to sneak up on some ducks. He gets out of his truck. He walks 10, 15 feet away, and the truck goes, beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Rookie potholes uh, in the duck hunting vernacular refer to uh, uh, water, little bits of water out in the field. <laughs> They're not really potholes in the road. Oh, what? Are you sure? Yes. Well, to, I'll write that down. Yeah. For full transparency, I usually start mine with a coat hanger, my vehicle. That's yeah. typically how I start it. Only because they come to us all the way from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. A screwdriver. The temporary home of the traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Jan 30. Minnesota didn't do much on this day. Well, it's probably cold. Nothing about Faribault? Well, we'll get there. 1867 <laughs> on this day. Uh, and, uh, January. Ralph Waldo Emerson lectured in Winona at the courthouse. He was mm. sponsored oh. by the local library association. Emerson's tour of the Midwest included stops in Faribault, St. Paul, and Minneapolis. On this day. 130. In 1958. The states of Minnesota and North Dakota agreed that Minnesotans who work in North Dakota and North Dakotans who work in Minnesota will not be required to pay income tax in both states. So that was a good thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And finally, on this day... Wait till Walls gets a hand on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> finally, on this day... one three zero In 1992, Charlie Boone reached an agreement with WCCO Radio on his impending retirement for full from full-time announcing. His retirement ended the 30-year Boone and Erickson partnership, one of the station's most popular features. And I would add, they've never recovered since. That was I 1992. Would, yes. They've never recovered right since. Was it, so that was their last year? I thought they went later than that. Apparently not. Huh. Apparently not. Heck of a run. It was a good run. Although, you know, what was the competition? Well, we were trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a rip on Kenny and Bob. Well, we were trying. They weren't I around mean, in 92. Yeah, no, we actually, sure we were. were. We were. We were trying. That was when we were trying to blow out the blue hairs. So Kenny and Bob, were, we were doing shock radio. Is that and the more you guys, com- uh, the more complaints we got from old people, the more management liked us. When were you doing we morning crossed. and afternoon drive, which was crazy? Yeah, that was fun. 
What was that the time when you guys were calling up auto work DJs and making them ramp songs? Yeah, yeah, so awesome. But it was that she's just sixteen years old. <laughs> she's just sixteen years old. It's a thirty second ramp. <laughs> we had Bubba the Love Sponge on. What a great kid. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, hey, uh, thank you very much, GLers. Promo in the promo log. I'm into a different promo than yesterday. Right. You rotate them as well. Full you do. video, full show audio, including before, during, and after the show with the entire Garage Logic crew. Just a few of the great perks of a town council membership. You'll even get your own official member card and a certificate from the mayor himself with a signature, along with invites to exclusive events to learn more about the town council and become a member. Go to garagelogic.com. The online store. Yes, the Garage Logic store remains open for business at garagelogic.com. T-shirts, hoodies, and more of your Garage Logic favorites are available. Show your support for GL with official merchandise of Garage Logic. View the entire store at garagelogic.com. I like when you hit that note. Tell him to put his headphones on. It is time once again that we check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic, and now's the time for you to do the same. So do not delay. Do exactly what I did and pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and he is there for you for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation. And he's going to give you the straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. And he's on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, Josh, it's a big week this week because it's earnings time, isn't it? It's earnings time. I'd like a little background music from the movie The Magnificent Seven, the ride again of The Magnificent Seven. And I say the ride again for The Magnificent Seven because late last year in the last quarter of the year, analysts talking heads, it's over for The Magnificent Seven. It's all over and the other 400 and 93 followers of the S&P 500, it's time for them to catch up to the Magnificent Seven. Who is the Magnificent Seven? Oh, it's not Steve McQueen and Yul Brenner and Robert Wagner and four other notable actors. Magnificent Seven is Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, known as Google, Meta or Facebook, NVIDIA, and the laggard now, Tesla. Five of the, the Magnificent Seven report their earnings this week. Two today, Microsoft and Google. Three on Thursday, Meta, Amazon, and Apple. Tesla reported earlier, as did NVIDIA. Tesla had some issues, didn't sell as many cars, cut the prices on, on those cars, did not provide guidance other than saying they're getting ready to introduce their next product or an update on their cars. And lo and behold, after that, though not on the conference call, Elon Musk called for tariffs on Chinese EV. As you're quite aware, and I give the big, um, you're going to have to do something, Elon Musk, to compete with the Chinese EVs, as you're going to have to do something to compete with General Motors and their EVs, Ford and their EVs, and the same with Mercedes, BMW, Solanus, Audi, Volkswagen, and everybody else who is 
coming out with an electric vehicle, and they're all coming out at different price points. When you start talking about tariffs, that to me is a danger sign toward you and your company and your company's product. If you need tariffs in order to feed in the United States, I think you need to relook at your business plan. I do not like tariffs. It's another form of tax, and it definitely hurts the country and the consumers where this tariff is instituted. You don't have to look too far to see the effect of tariffs from the previous, we'll say, the previous two administrations and the current administration in maintaining some of these high tariffs. Not good. But now we're talking about trade and some of my views on trade, and I want to get back to talking about earnings. So some people may have taken Tesla out of the Magnificent Seven. It still is one of them at this current time, but it is a laggard. Microsoft, Google reporting their numbers, or excuse me, not Google, Alphabet, uh, reporting today after the close. Microsoft has taken over the top spot in the S&P in terms of market cap, beating out Apple as Apple has fallen back. Microsoft has taken some share in the enterprise. They are seen to be a major leader in generative artificial intelligence. Plus, the U.S. government seems to be on their side at this at this point in time. Google Alphabet is also uh, doing very, very well in the enterprise. Their cloud unit is continuing to take some share, and they've also been adding generative AI products, not to mention, of course, we have advertising starting to kick in, and, and they do have YouTube. Meta, which reports on Thursday along with Apple and Amazon, is probably the best performing, well, not kind of a toss-up between they and NVIDIA in terms of best performing over the last year, and analysts continue to raise the estimates and price targets on Meta, not only with advertising that they've got, but with their other products, including Reels, and with the introduction Friday of Apple's new Vision Pro headset, Meta is going to make another push with their headset, which has not done very well. Apple and Amazon, well, now I'm talking my book, and I am of the belief that both Apple and Amazon are going to be, uh, beat the streets on Thursday when they, they report. I do believe both are going to have conservative guidance, which will probably lead to a pullback in the shares, which in my estimation would give you an opportunity to pick up some of these shares on the on the cheap. Each one of these companies is, well, I can't say they're all, but all trading at highs, but Meta, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon are at 52-week highs, and the bar, we'll say, for this earnings report is quite high. We'll talk more about this later in the week, but do pay attention to earnings this week. It is big time, and oh, I forgot, the Fed comes out with their conference call on Wednesday. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you always get straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Okay. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All Investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.